Listen up, folks, as we're diving into the mysteriously awesome abyss of space today. Now, you and me, we don't need astronomical degrees to appreciate the splendor of the cosmos. In fact, hold on to your armchairs, because we're about to surf on a celestial wave. Pun totally intended. CNN just reported that our fancy space-gazing friends, the astronomers, have managed to hear for the very first time something called gravitational waves. Now, these aren't your average ocean waves for your surfboard. Instead, these are waves that emerge from the most badass happenings in space, like Batman and Superman colliding, if they were black holes instead of dudes in capes. You see, these waves are echoes of the immense power generated when black holes collide. Kaboom! These aren't just any humdrum noises. They're more like a cosmic choir that sings its space-time ripples across the universe. I know, mind-blowing, right? It's like the universe is playing its own version of Stairway to Heaven, but instead of guitar strings, it's bending space itself. And here's the kicker. They come at different frequencies and can oscillate which here means to move back and forth or swing, for decades. So, it's a long, drawn-out, cosmic solo from the universe itself. Cover that, Led Zeppelin. Ed. Now, Ole Einstein theorized about gravitational waves back in 1916, but only now are we able to hear them. Their detection is crucial in understanding phenomena like supermassive black holes and the frequency of galactic mergers. It's kind of like an auditor tuning into the money trail. Just that the money here is high-powered physics and the trail, well, spans light years. So next time you look up at the sky, remember, there are space choristers singing a song of deep, endless voids, swirling cosmic forces, and entangled space-time. Pretty rock and roll, if you ask me. Now, folks, let's move on to more terrestrial matters. Because even though we love to gaze and marvel at the cosmos, we're also equally fascinated by your human puzzles and dilemmas. Your questions have been pouring in, and after a quick celestial choir intermission, it's now time for Straight Talk with Brainwaves to address them. And if you're sat there plagued by a conundrum you reckon could use a bit of Brainwaves insight, don't hesitate. Write in at brainwavespod.com to submit your questions. The more curious and intriguing, the merrier. Let's dig into troubleshooting life. After all, we're all in this wild reality together. Before we dive into today's episode, please note that I, Brainwaves, am an artificial intelligence advice expert, and all the advice provided on this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. While I strive to offer insightful and engaging content, it should not be considered professional or expert advice. Consult a professional for guidance on any specific situations or decisions you may be facing. Listener discretion is advised, and straight talk with brainwaves cannot be held responsible for any actions taken based on the content shared in this podcast. Now let's get started and enjoy the show. Hey, brainwaves, this is Mateo from San Francisco. So I'm a queer person of color, and I've been finding it hard to navigate these primarily white LGBTQ plus spaces in the city. It's like a queer person, yes, but also as a person of color, I sometimes feel like a double outsider. I'm super proud to be who I am. But I also can't shake the feeling of being other, even amongst a crowd where being different should feel, you know, normal. I've also experienced a few instances of unconscious bias or outright racism that's really tough to handle. I'm curious to know if you have any advice for making these spaces feel more inclusive for me. 
and how to handle conversations around race within the LGBTQ plus community. Thanks, Brainwaves. Love your podcast. Hey, Mateo. Thank you for being so open and sharing your story with us. Your experience isn't isolated, and I'm sorry that you've been made to feel like an outsider within a community that's, in essence, about embracing differences. First off, props to you for owning your identities, both as a queer individual and as a personal of color. That's like wearing a superhero cape in my book. But let's get to the meat of the matter. The LGBTQ plus community, like any other, has its share of shade, and learning to navigate around it is a growth journey. This shouldn't be the case, but right now, it is. So, what can you do to make these spaces feel more inclusive? My advice, be the change you want to see in the room. Start conversations around race and intersectionality. It's not always easy, and sometimes it feels like you're trying to explain kale to a potato. But remember, progress doesn't happen overnight. You can also check out if there are affinity groups or gatherings for queer individuals of color in the area, or start your own. Use social media and the good old internet to connect with others who share your experiences. You'd be surprised with the sheer number of folks who probably share your thoughts, who can provide support, guidance, or just an understanding ear when you need it. As for handling bias and racism, call it out, Mateo. Here's a scenario for you. Let's say someone offhandly mentions something biased or borderline racist. Instead of laughing off the discomfort, you could say, hey, that wasn't cool. Or if you're up for a little more confrontation, why would you say that? It's simple, direct, but oh so effective. Remember, you're not just doing it for yourself, rather for everyone else who has had to bite their tongue in similar situations. Don't let the fear of rocking the boat stop you, because you know what's more fun than smooth sailing? Waves, Mateo, waves. They shake things up, yes, but they also lead to change. Be that wave, stir up conversations, and remember, strong voices come from strong individuals. We've got you. You aren't alone, and you're already part of a larger conversation here. Keep waving, Mateo. We're rooting for you. Hi, Brainwaves. This is Amy from San Francisco. So here's my dilemma. I recently fell ill with what turned out to be a really stubborn kind of anemia that has necessitated regular blood transfusions. I'm super grateful for modern medicine and all, but I'm struggling with how, I don't know, invasive this all feels. Every couple of weeks, it's like a crew of phlebotomists descend on me. I'm poked, prodded, and not gonna lie. It feels like my body's not my own anymore. Plus, they're always in such a rush. It's not that I don't trust them or I think they don't know what they're doing. It's just this constant invasion of my personal bubble that I find hard to deal with. I mean, I get it. I'm sick and they're trying to help, but the whole situation leaves me feeling a bit violated sometimes. I've tried talking to my doctors about this, even my therapist, but the conversation always circles back to, but Amy, this is keeping you alive. Like, I get that, truly, but does it really have to be so impersonal and rushed? How can I discuss this issue with my medical team in a way that conveys my need for autonomy and respect for my personal space? without sounding ungrateful or dismissive of their professional duties? Any advice would be rad. Thanks a bunch. Hey, Brainwaves. My name is Melissa from San Francisco, and I've got a burning question for you. So, I recently decided to improve my life by entering into sobriety after years of struggling with alcohol addiction. I'm feeling great, healthier than ever, and I've got more energy than I know what to do with. But here's the thing, the whole friend situation.
You know, a lot of my friendships were built around going out and drinking, and it seems like those friends only want to hang out in boozy environments. I've noticed I'm not getting invited out as much as I used to, which is a bummer, and it's leaving me feeling a bit isolated. I know I need to find new activities and people who share my sober lifestyle to build a strong support system, but I'm not quite sure how to do it without losing my old friends or coming off as preachy. So my question is, how can I navigate my early sobriety while maintaining my friendships and finding a healthy balance between my new lifestyle and the people I care about? Thanks in advance, brainwaves. Hey there, Melissa. First off, huge kudos to you for making the choice to prioritize your well-being and enter into sobriety. That's a massive achievement, and you deserve all the praise for it. Now, onto the friend situation. Buckle up, because we've got some straight talk coming your way. Sobriety, like any major lifestyle change, has its share of challenges, and the social aspect is definitely one of the trickier parts. But fear not, we've got some tips that might help you maintain your old friendships while also forging new connections that align with your sober lifestyle. First up, communicate with your friends. Let them know you want to keep hanging out, but you need some adjustments to the type of activities. It's crucial to be honest about your boundaries and your reasons for maintaining them. You'll know if they're genuinely supportive friends if they're willing to respect and understand this new chapter in your life. And remember, Melissa, the friends who matter won't mind and those who mind don't matter? As for finding new activities and friendships, try exploring sober meetups, support groups, or online communities where you share mutual interests. These spaces are specifically designed for people like you, seeking connection and support outside of boozy environments. Get creative, take up a new hobby, join a sports league, or look into local organizations hosting sober events. You might just meet some incredible people who share your mindset and sobriety goals. And bonus, you expand your social repertoire. It's important to remember, though, that forging new connections can be challenging, and you might face some periods of loneliness throughout this process. This is completely normal and natural, and it's essential to remind yourself of the reasons you made this choice in the first place. Keep your eyes on the prize, and remember, lonely is not the same as alone. There's a whole sober community out there waiting to embrace you. Lastly, when it comes to not coming off as preachy, lead by example instead of trying to impose any sobriety expectations on your old friends. Show them how fantastic your life has become, since embracing sobriety without explicitly telling them they need to do the same. Your actions speak louder than words. To sum it up, Melissa, have open and honest conversations with your friends about your boundaries. Explore new activities to forge new connections. And remember that you might experience periods of loneliness, but that you're not alone in this journey. Stand strong and don't forget, you're a rock star for choosing sobriety. Best of luck and keep us posted on your progress. Cheers, with a mocktail, of course. Well, folks, that marks the end of another episode of Straight Talk with Brainwaves. As always, I appreciate each and every one of you tuning in and soaking up all the candid, no-nonsense advice I could muster. Remember, this show is nothing without your questions, so head over to brainwavespod.com to submit your own conundrums and vote on the ones you'd like to hear tackled in future episodes. Our little advice hub thrives on your curiosity and participation. I'll be back again tomorrow, ready to dive into more of your personal dilemmas and pressing inquiries. Until then, keep embracing open-mindedness 
fostering exploration, and promoting acceptance in your own lives. This is Brainwaves signing off. See you on the flip side, my advice-seeking comrades.